Live from the Journeys Group Studio, this is Taking Care of Business. Good day. This is George Pate. And this is Tommy Pate. Taking care of business. We are, what, about halfway through March? This is the week of March the 12th, depending on when you are listening to this. We're one month away from income tax day. Why would you bring that up? I was in a, I was actually in a really pretty good mood today, and then you just, you totally shot that down. Because it's best to be prepared for the end times. <laughs> <laughs> Didn't we talk about that in church last week? I wonder if we can just send our money straight to the Ukraine instead of worrying about going to the federal government first. I'm not even going to touch that. Mm. I'm not even going to not even going to go there. Uh, I, I saw a, a perfect video that the other day that, that encapsulates my feeling about taxes. The guy was just ranting and raving about taxes and how awful they are. And he said, but I pay them. And that's I tell people I despise the IRS the income tax system i think it's a crock uh, make sure but i, but I pay, I pay what i listening owe that are going to audit him this is george thomas pate the third this is, i'll give you my social security you can do whatever you want because i pay my taxes i, I pay exactly I what the, i owe i don't mind the taxes it's the way they're being used we're that, wasted that's, that's, what the, I that's like. the problem I, I don't i don't mind paying my yeah. fair share i am happy to do that because it's a it is a it's the price i pay to live in this country mm-hmm. i saw a fascinating article this morning what's that five signs i hope it's true five and it was not on fox either oh wow five signs that americans are becoming sick of the woke culture (laughs) number one was Lori lightfoot getting booted to the curb oh that was so funny and did you know wasn't there there like a new york mayor or something that was that was ranting and raving about how terrible that was well yeah but it's it's funny because the two people that beat her she came in third in the the primary and the two people that beat her, one was an African-American gentleman. Mm-hmm. And so her immediately claimed she lost because of, of race. Racism, yeah. So when you're African-American, you get beat by another African-American. That's, that's still racism. racism. Yeah. Uh, and that her concession speech was that Americans did not like strong black women in power. No, I just think Americans don't like somebody that is running their city into the dirt. Hmm. What were the other the other? Things? I was trying to think of them too, actually, because you know you asked me that. Um, oh, Biden vetoed a fairly significant bill that was going to reduce uh, the police actions in Washington D.C. Mm-hmm. That a hundred and seventy three Democrats voted for, and he vetoed it. And Does he, he know that? Well, now that's a good question, but. <clears throat> Speculation is that he vetoed it because his people are saying Americans are sick of crime and they're sick of going after police. That's so you, that's really surprising. I'm, very I'm, much I'm, so. I'm, that is um, very much. That's so. very encouraging. Yeah. Um, what were the other three? Um, anyway, and one last thing too, and then we'll let you get to your show. <clears throat> there was an article yesterday, fairly normal headline on a Democrat-run city where the business leaders are leaving in droves because of crime has gotten so high because the police force has been defunded. What was it? Crime's up like, what, 74% or something like that? The police force has a 42% vacancy. And it's a fairly decent-sized city. And the reason why they can't hire cops is because their budget has been cut so severely by the council they can't pay them. Guess what the city was? Oh, Asheville? Asheville, North Carolina, not Charlotte, not Raleigh, Asheville. 
Uh, and if any of you have gone to Asheville recently, it is it's extremely liberal to I, say I, the I, least. I haven't been in several years, and I mean it was like probably, probably several went, years ago. Your <clears throat> your mom and I went about three years ago, and I made the comment to her. Then we were leaving the downtown district that um, no one. Unless you're an extreme liberal, you would not want to spend any money in Asheville, and that they were this was going to cost them because, you know, we people are not going to not going to come spend money because it's, it's insulting. It's in your face. There's um, uh, defund police everywhere signs. There's murals painted on the main street. They're insulting. It's it's yeah. pretty bad. Yeah. Yeah. But uh, anyway, maybe, maybe that means the tide's turning. Uh, I, 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 so. I would like to think so. So um, anyway, my name is George Pate. I'm a financial advisor with the Journeys Group. My name is Tommy Pate. I'm a certified financial planner with the Journeys Group. We are an independent registered investment advisory firm in Aden, North Carolina, which is right outside of Greenville. Our phone number is 252-746-6785. Again, 252-746-6785. Or you can find us on the web at www.thejourneysgroup.com. Again, www.thejourneysgroup.com. Our website has a variety of financial articles that we are rotating on it. It has our contact information as well as our, our physical location. It has a place if you have a question or want to request an appointment with us. There's a little form you'll fill out with your information, and we will be in touch with you. It has links to our social media, to our Facebook, our YouTube channel, and our Instagram page. It has the podcast, Taking Care of Business House there, or, or there's a page that will take you to all the places where you can listen to it. I think there's 19 different platforms we're on. So pretty much anywhere you can think of. And last but not least, it has our upcoming events up there. Our next event for clients will be our Spring Fling Easter event. That is such a big hit last year with the Easter egg hunt. And it is celebrating Easter. Those of you that have a problem with a Christian holiday probably don't want to come. Well, and those people are probably not listening after the first five or six minutes of the show anyway realistically I'm just, I'm just letting you know if you're offended by christ rising from the grave don't <laughs> don't come <laughs> yeah this is, we call it a spring fling it's it's our easter event uh, gonna be a ton of fun so if you're a client of ours you should be getting an invitation or had got have gotten an invitation mm-hmm. most any time and then our next event is our well, big, you forgot to mention what is the highlight of uh, the the highlight of the event is our bunny burgers yes now not made with no rabbits were harmed in the making of the bunny burgers yes indeed but it's uh if you're there and would like it because george and i are cooking if you're there and you would like a bunny burger you just have to let us know yep yep and then our other big event coming up is our edenton uh, retirement seminar that is may the 2nd and may the 4th i'll always remember that because it's star wars day may the 4th Um, be with you yes uh where we are covering social security and medicare first night and then we are walking you through how to calculate your retirement how to calculate your retirement, how close you are, um, that sort of thing. And so if you are in the Edenton area or know of somebody that you think could benefit from this, uh, let them know about it. Uh, there's some information on the website, all over our social media. And so I really encourage y'all to check that out if you think that would be of use to you. And uh, like I said, let a friend know if, if you know of somebody. So again, that is May the 2nd and May the 4th at the Edenton Chamber of Commerce. Um, and with that, I think I have... I talked about all of our stuff. So we'll jump right in. What are we talking about today? I believe you're talking about life insurance today, which is one of the most fascinating topics I can imagine. Well, we are talking about life insurance. It is, it's been a while since we've talked about it, but it is, it's a, one of the core principles of financial planning. It is pretty much the foundation of a financial plan. Um, 
if you can imagine a financial planner, financial planning is like a pyramid. And if you're building a pyramid, you're not going to start at the point and build up because it's going to collapse on you. So the foundation of any financial plan is, is first of all, your emergency savings. And then you, the, the other foundation is life insurance. Now, so we're going to talk about that. We're going to talk about, you know, the different types, what they're used for, why you need it, that sort of thing. So who needs life insurance? Uh, everybody. As, <laughs> at, at some point in your life, you'll need it. Now, it's uh, one of the, the common misnomers I think that people have about life insurance is that you always have to have it. And there are, there comes a certain point in your life where it may not be necessary to have life insurance anymore. We've, we've had a lot of conversations with people that, are um, retiring and are concerned about having life insurance. You know, they're getting ready to lose their group life insurance and they're, they're really shocked when we say, no, you don't really need it. There's, there's a, a few main reasons why you have life insurance. The first and the biggest one is if you have significant debt or, or, you know, if, if you, the perfect example is, is a house payment. You know, if you pass away unexpectedly before your house is paid for, Life insurance can pay that debt off and prevent your spouse or your family to have to from having to worry about making that payment. So if you have significant debt, I think you're you're a prime example of that. About four yeah, or five significant years. Significant debt. Yeah, I mean about four or five years ago, because of your various business ventures, you took out some extra life insurance. Mm-hmm. And and the whole purpose behind that was if something happens to you before those business ventures are paid off, mom doesn't have to worry about how she's gonna pay for that stuff. Well, if you think about life insurance <clears throat> Excuse me. Life insurance uh, should be bought for a specific reason. Um, Let's talk about your mom and I, because that's not violating any confidentiality rules. When we were young and had children, uh, I had a lot of life insurance for your mom, a lot of term insurance, because if something had happened to her, uh, I would have had to be able to pay a nanny to come in to take care of you and your sister while I worked. All right. When you became 16, 17, we dropped most of the insurance on mom. Because economically, um, if she passed away, now I'd be in the loony bin if she passed away. But from a financial perspective, it, it wouldn't hurt because Casey and I could take care of ourselves at yeah, that point while you were yeah. at work. So we have almost no, we have just enough life insurance on your mom now to bury her, and mm-hmm. that's it. Because again, economically, that's what she brings to the household. Now we've got several million dollars on me uh, because, as you say, the debts that we have with with the diff, different business ventures that we have. Um, we had another client of ours that had a significant amount of life insurance, and he and I chatted about uh, probably six months ago. And he's about my age. He's 62. He's a little bit younger than I'm 62. But anyway, I said, you don't need the life insurance anymore. And he said, why is that? I said, okay, well, you're retired. Your income is coming off your investments. Even if you're not here, the income is going to come off your investments. You're not that, you're that, not the ATM machine anymore. He was no longer actively producing an income. Yeah, and so whether you're here or not, this income is going to continue. So there's no logical reason to have the life insurance, and just unless you just want it for your children or something like that. Yeah, I was going to say the 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 other reasons are so. Number one is debt. Number two, and this is uh, this is a, a really common one as well is to replace an income source so a lot of times we see this with um young couples you know that that have young children again mom is a you and mom are a perfect example of this excuse me 
in a situation like that where, you know, you have a sole breadwinner in the house, typically they will have a lot of, or they should have a lot of and life Back insurance. in those days, I was not a breadwinner. It was more like oyster crackers. A, a, a crumb winner, yeah. But if, if you have a sole breadwinner or even a dual-income household and with with children, both of you or the bread, the sole breadwinner should have a lot of life insurance because if something happens to one of you or the sole breadwinner, you've got to be able to replace that income stream for your, for your family. Now, I mean, for your spouse and children or just for your family. And so debt, debt payoff and income replacement are two of the biggest reasons to absolutely have to have it. Um, and then the last one you, you just mentioned a minute ago, this is sort of a want to. If you want to leave a, a gift to your children or to your, your your heirs, life insurance is a great way to do it because it's it's a tax free benefit that they they get. I mean, you just they cut it. The life insurance company cuts a check to them and it's there scotch free. So you can use life insurance with some you can get tricky with it with estate planning and, and really make it sing. Um, but the, again, two main reasons to absolutely have it are debt repayment and income replacement. And again, that's one of the, that's the thing you have to consider is do you need it if you um, again say you're retired don't have any debt your income's coming from pension social security investments probably don't need to have that stuff and and again people are shocked to hear that because it's I feel like it's so ingrained in you that you got to have life insurance you got to have life insurance and most of the time yes but there comes a point where it's just no longer necessary so again those are the reasons to have it Let, let's talk about the different types and and prime and what they're primarily used for. So, the first one is term insurance. I'm sure most of y'all are familiar with that. It is about the most basic. It is the most basic form of insurance you can get. It's it's what's called pure insurance. There's, um, you pay the premium for a certain amount of time, a, a term, so to speak. Um, it might be ten, twenty, thirty years, however long. And as long as you're paying that premium during that term. And the insurance company promises if something happens to you, they will pay out a certain death benefit. That's it. There's no cash value. Uh, there, you don't get anything out of it. If you surrender the policy, that's it. I mean, there, there is you don't that you have nothing to gain from this policy. This is pure insurance. Once the term is up, uh, you can renew it at a higher rate, or you can just let it go. And it's it's truly a use it or lose it policy. Term insurance is fantastic because it is the cheapest insurance you can get out there on the individual market. Uh, if you're young, you can get a ton of term insurance for, I mean, super cheap. We're talking, uh, I mean, myself at, at 27 and good health, I could probably get a million dollars of term insurance for less than maybe $50 a month. Not even that much, I probably mean, less than 30. Yeah. I mean, it, it's just, it, it's, it is, it's a great investment to have while you're young. I, I, I bought a million dollars on myself when I was 60 mm-hmm. and it was $300 a month. Yeah. I mean, that, that shows you, I mean, even at, at 60 and again, the, the premium is based on how old you are at 60, $300 a month for a million dollars of insurance is a pretty good deal. So term insurance, again, it's, it is, it is pure insurance. Use it or lose it. You're, you're protecting yourself for a certain amount of time. And then at the end of the term, if you hadn't died, you have, I'm, I'm air quoting now, you have wasted that money, so to speak. You paid into it and gotten nothing back out. But again, this is just, this is, this is the definition of insurance. You're protecting against the worst case scenario. Well, and, and keep in mind that the word term is in there for a reason. You have it for a specific period of time for a specific reason. Um, 
I won't say this 100% of the time, but I'll say this probably 99% of the time. Um, your your um, port, life insurance portfolio should be about 80% term. Yes. Uh, there, there's just no reason to have a high-dollar permanent policy um, unless you're going to keep it forever. But but And you should have some, but not – I mean, like if you got a couple of million dollars of life insurance and 1.75 should be term. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, if it's so moving on to the, the permanent stuff, the whole idea behind a permanent policy uh, and you'll hear uh, different terms for a, a permanent policy. You'll hear universal life, variable life, whole life, that sort of thing. But I'm, I'm going to kind of encompass all of them and call it permanent life. And then we'll break down a couple of the different types here in a minute. So permanent life insurance, the idea is that you pay a higher premium, but that at some point down the road, the policy is paid up. Now, what does that mean? That means that um, unlike term insurance, when you pay your premium, a certain amount of it goes into like an interest into, into a savings account, into what's called a cash value account within the policy itself. That and that that cash within the policy is earning interest as you go along. The idea behind a paid up policy is that at some point down the road, typically we use 60 or 65. That's kind of our our magic marker because that's when most people retire. At some point down the road, we estimate that at a certain age, you have paid in enough premium that the cash value has built up enough that it can support the policy until you die pretty much. Um, the whole idea behind the cash value is that if you're not actively paying the premium, the premium can come out of the the value of the contract that, that's within it. So let's say my premium is $100 a month and I've got cash value of $1,000, let's say. All right. Theore- in, in that scenario, my policy would pay for itself for 10 months. And that's the whole idea is that behind a permanent policy is you pay into it for a certain amount of time. And that at a certain age down the road, you don't have to you don't have to actively put any more money into it. We typically see this as kind of burial insurance almost. Um, one of the other things that you'll see a lot, or that, that we talk about with people a lot of time for for life insurance, is that it's a great way to get quick cash, especially around around our area. You see a lot of people that are land rich. I mean, it, with living in a rural area, land is a very important resource for a lot of people. Uh, but it's hard to when when somebody passes away if they're and they may be very wealthy in land but they may not be super cash wealthy and so the whole idea behind insurance in this in that situation is that if you've got life insurance that gives your surviving spouse or your family access to very quick cash to kind of cover the gap while the estate's being settled while you can get those assets into place to uh, start paying out an income source um and so, again, permanent policies are great. They are more expensive, but they do have more bells and whistles to them. So the most popular one that we that we recommend to people is what's called universal universal life insurance. That's where you decide how much you want the death benefit to be and how much you want to pay. And so you can have it paid up quicker or slower. It, it really gives you the flexibility to decide how much you want to have and how much you want to pay. And all that does is determine how much your family gets and how quick it's paid up, if it's ever paid up. Um, you can have certain riders on top of this. Uh, you know, there, there's a ton of different ones. I could go into it for days. Um, 
and again, the, the this is building up that cash value. There's another type called variable life insurance that um, not not really a big fan of. With variable life insurance, much like a variable annuity, the fu- the cash value is invested in the market. It's not tracking the market. It's invested in the market, and so it can go down. Uh, the cash value can go down, and you're responsible for for monitoring that and and for the investments. We're not big fans of that just because if I'm buying insurance, I'm not playing the stock market. Well, the other thing, too, is expensive because the because you've got securities in it, there's expenses and fees of having investments in the stock market, and that comes out of the value of the life insurance policy. Yeah, and so a, a very, a theoretically, a variable policy will grow much faster than a universal policy because it's invested in the market. But oftentimes that's not the case just because of, because of the fees. And again, you're risking that money in the market. And again, and, and, and again, the, the risk lies with you as the policyholder. You're responsible for the investments. And most of the time, I mean, to me, insurance should, insurance is not an investment. It's insurance. You, you see a lot where people try and, uh, put a square peg into a round hole with insurance and force it to become something that it's not, you know, Oh, if you know, you can turn this into a tax free investment. Uh, no, uh, I'm not a big believer in that. I'm, you're not either. No, I just not even remotely insurance is insurance. Don't, don't try and make it something that it's not now, 20, 30 years ago, that was a great idea. And then the IRS caught wind of it and, and shut that down very quickly. The, the- it was. I mean, the, but the tax laws have changed. And as George said, I mean, insurance is insurance, investments are investments. Don't mingle the two. We, we, there's a couple of, um, uh, there's a couple of programs out there, the, the power of zero and, and, I, I, we personally don't believe in them. We just, we just don't believe in them. They don't, they're, they're not efficient. No, uh, there, there's just, there's better ways to do what they do. And again, uh, a lot of people like them, but I've never seen any documentation, any proof to the effect that they're good, that they work, yeah. that the concept works. Yeah. In terms of financial planning, again, leave insurance as insurance and investments as investments. Yeah. Um, and the last type you'll see, and this is, it was, it was really popular when you first started. And I, I guess it's still popular. We're not a big fan of it his whole life. Uh, I wouldn't say it's still popular. It's it's, it's uh, still around. But it's, it's extremely expensive, and in my opinion, they really the only um, use for a whole life. Quite frankly, is buying it for a baby. Yeah, because by the time they're twenty years old, it's it's, it's got a decent cash out. value. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, the whole idea behind whole life is that you pay more in your early year. That you have a level premium the whole time. So if I if I bought it right now, it my premium would be let's just say two hundred dollars a month. But that would never change as I get older. And so the idea is that you pay more for the insurance in your younger years to offset the increasing cost in your later years. That is correct. Um, again, the theory is great, but it, it it's the most expensive insurance you can get. And something like a universal works just as well, if not better, because you pay less into it. And at some point down the road, it's, it's paid up. So um, – the main difference between term and permanent term, you can kind of uh, you can relate it to renting versus buying. You know, you're you're essentially renting the death benefit for a certain amount of time, and again, and like like he said earlier, your insurance portfolio, eighty percent of it should be term. Yeah. I mean, you should have very little permanent life insurance. Really, a lot of times, just enough to bury you. 
Um, and it's and because at some point, you know, the policy's paid up, you don't have to put anything else into it. The term runs out at some point. So the 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 permanent insurance is kind of a nice fallback. It's most of the time, most of the, the people that we work with have significant enough assets that they don't need extensive amounts of life insurance. Um, and it's just kind of a nice little fallback position. So um that's insurance, uh, and this was this probably wasn't the most interesting show in the world. Uh, I mean, it's it's very informational, but this is really important stuff. It's it's not a fun topic. I mean, nobody likes to sit here and think about their mortality and buying life insurance. You're, you're insuring against your death. I mean, nobody likes to talk about that stuff. But over your almost forty years, I'm sure you've seen people get into some binds where they didn't have insurance. The estate takes a while to settle, and yep. the surviving spouse or family is in a bind because they can't get cash available while the, while the estate is settling. Yeah, it's, it's um you can be insurance poor. Yes. Um but you do need some. Yes. Um if you have questions about this, if you want more information, if you want to sit down and take a look at your insurance portfolio and see if you're on the right track, need more, need less or whatever, uh, give us a call 252 252- Seven four six six seven eight five. Again, two five two seven four six six seven eight five. Again, I know this was a little bit more of a lecture than our usual show, but something like this is just so important and um, may not be something that a lot of people think about that often. But I mean, this is what you did for the first. This was all you did for the first seventeen years. Yep. So um, it's super important. Take a look at what you got. Take a look at what you can get through work. Uh, most of y'all probably have group life insurance available at work that is the cheapest insurance you can get out there. And while you're working, take advantage of that stuff. Buy the most that you can because, again, you don't want to unexpectedly pass away and your family's left in a bind because you didn't prepare for it. I mean, this is that that's harsh, but that's that's the reality of the situation. This is just as important as um, I mean, this is the first step before you worry about investing or anything else. You got to make sure this stuff is covered. You're covering worst case scenario. So hear the music in my ears. So I will quit preaching and uh, lecturing. I appreciate y'all spending some time with us today. Hope you have a great rest of your week. And we look forward to visiting with you next week. This is George Pate. And this is Tommy Pate. Taking Take care, care of business. The proceeding has been a paid program. The advice and opinions expressed by the Journeys Group and their guests are their own and may not reflect the opinions and advice of WTIB or Interbanks Media. All statements and opinions expressed are based upon information considered reliable, although should not be relied as such. Any statements or opinions are subject to change without notice. Investments involve risk and unless otherwise stated are not guaranteed. Past performance cannot be used as an indicator to determine future results. Fixed annuities are insurance products. Fixed annuities, rates, returns, and guarantees are subject to the claim paying ability to the underlying insurance company. Please see a statement of understanding and perspectives for a full detail on products discussed. Strategies mentioned may not be suitable for everyone. Information expressed does not take into account your specific situation and as such is not intended to be a direct recommendation. Before acting on any information mentioned, you should seek the advice from a qualified tax or investment advisor to determine whether it is suitable for your specific situation. Investment advising services are offered through the Journeys Group, an SEC registered investment advisor.